Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are continuing to look at Dr. Willard F. Harley's work as published in his signature book, His Needs, Her Needs, Building an Affair-Proof Marriage. Last week, we were discussing a woman's need for intimate conversation, which Dr. Harley says is normally her second highest emotional need. As we finish talking about this second emotional need for her, Dr. Harley has some questions for us to ponder. First, three questions for the guys. Do you spend enough time talking to your wife about her personal concerns? Do you give her at least 15 hours of your undivided attention each week? If not, why not? Number two, do you try to develop a better understanding of your wife's favorite topics of conversation? How can you improve? Number three, are you guilty of any enemies of intimate conversation? If so, how can you change? Now three questions for the ladies. Number one, do you miss the quality of conversation you had while you were dating? If so, what can you do to help restore it? Number two, if you are separated overnight or for a few days, do you feel disconnected from your husband? Would a few hours of re-entry help when you are first reunited? Number three, what interests do you and your husband have in common? What can you do to develop your understanding of his favorite topics of conversation? And then for both the guys and gals, these questions to consider together. Number one, do the enemies of intimate conversation prevent you from talking to each other as often as you should? If so, what can you do to eliminate them? Number two, do the friends of intimate conversation dominate the way you talk to each other? If not, what can you do to bring them on board? Number three, how can you rearrange your schedule to allow you to give each other 15 hours a week of undivided attention? Would the time you currently spend doing something else be better spent with each other? Now that we've looked at her second emotional need, let's turn our attention to what Dr. Harley says is the guy's second most important emotional need, and that is recreational companionship. In the couples' conferences I do, I make the following statement. I don't know what you did to earn money while you were dating, but I'll tell you what business you were in. You were in sales and marketing. Both of you were selling an image you hoped the other person would buy. How many of you women would admit to feigning interest in certain recreational activities because you knew he was really interested in those activities? Dr. Harley says that it's not uncommon for women, when they are single, to join men in pursuing their interests. They find themselves hunting, fishing, playing football, and watching movies they would never have chosen on their own. After marriage, wives may try to interest their husband in activities more to their own liking. If their attempts fail, they may encourage their husband to continue his recreational activities without them. 
Dr. Harley warns that's a dangerous choice, though, because men place surprising importance on relational activities. When dating, recreational compatibility is usually a crucial criterion for men in selecting a wife, and they assume that their bride will become their lifelong recreational companion. In most cases, her interest in his favorite activities helps make enough love bank deposits to seal the marriage deal. So, when a wife announces after marriage that she's no longer interested in joining him in his favorite activities and that he should enjoy them with his friends instead, it usually comes as a shock. It also eliminates one of the most important ways she makes love bank deposits. You know, most men treasure the time they spend recreationally. They plan for it, look forward to it, and will often spend quite a bit of money making it especially enjoyable. The TV stereotype showing husbands out with the boys on fishing trips says, it doesn't get any better than this. That makes a point. But Dr. Harley says his counseling files prove that it can get a lot better than that if a husband's favorite recreational companion is his wife. In fact, among the five basic male needs, spending recreational time with his wife is ranked second only to sex for the typical husband. Dr. Harley says it's so important that he considers it to be a need that must be met to sustain the man's feeling of love in marriage. He goes on to say that sometimes recreational tastes overshadow deep personal needs and that by nature, men and women seem to have divergent tastes when it comes to having fun. It's his view that many men enjoy recreational activities that involve more risk, more adventure, and more violence than women enjoy. He says that typically men pursue such sports as football, boxing, hunting, fishing, hang gliding, scuba diving, snowmobiling, and even skydiving. They tend to prefer violent movies and don't mind sweat, dirt, body odor, or belching during a recreational activity. He says most women find all of this terribly unpleasant and tasteless. It is his view women prefer to engage in quieter activities, such as romantic movies, cultural events, going out to lunch or dinner, dancing, and the all-time favorite, shopping. They tend to put less emphasis on the activity itself and more emphasis on the social interaction. Whom they are with is usually more important than what they are doing. For most women, a good conversation can be a recreational event. The classic struggle finds the woman trying to clean up the man's act, making him shave, dress more neatly, talk more gently, and so on. When she moves in on his recreational life, he may conclude she wants to spoil one of the only things that keeps him going in life. He still loves her, but she begins to cramp his style. To avoid that, he spends an increasing amount of time with men only. This allows him to do what he enjoys most without restraint but it also means that his most enjoyable recreational activities are done without his wife being present. And an opportunity for her to make huge love bank deposits 
is lost. Well, what happens when your favorite recreational interests don't match? Usually, you don't begrudge each other to have your own recreational interests. But the danger in this lies in the two of you simply growing further and further apart. Dr. Harley says that common pattern, at its worst, can lead to an affair and divorce. The wise couple will avoid this trend in their marriage or correct it as soon as it begins. In fact, Dr. Harley says that when he counsels married couples that he can't emphasize too strongly what a mistake it can be for spouses to have independent recreational activities. Instead of making deposits in each other's love bank by having fun together, the couple with separate recreational interests misses a golden opportunity. They spend some of their most enjoyable moments in the company of someone else with the distinct possibility of building a love bank account with that person. When spouses are not each other's favorite recreational companion, not only do they risk losing their love for each other, but they also risk falling in love with whoever turns out to be their companion if it's someone of the opposite sex. Dr. Harley's position is that if you want to have a fulfilling marriage, your favorite recreational companion must be your spouse. Well, some of you may be thinking, well, that's no problem for us. We have lots of things to do together. Others of you may be thinking, we're just too different. Besides, he simply won't give up his golf, or she absolutely must continue her book club on Tuesday afternoon. When Dr. Harley encounters this type of pessimism, he says, Imagine that around each of you is drawn an invisible circle encompassing all your recreational interests and sources of enjoyment. There are thousands of them, some you know about, and some you have yet to discover. Within each of your circles, there are hundreds of recreational interests that overlap. You both enjoy doing them. From the hundreds of overlapping interests, you need to find only a few because you won't have time for all of them. Once you find, say, five or ten activities that you both enjoy doing together and spend most all of your recreational time together, you'll become each other's favorite recreational companion. Now let's be real. No one can do everything he or she would like in life. There just isn't enough time. So every person's recreational time amounts to making choices among enjoyable activities. So why not select those activities you both enjoy and can do together? It usually happens that when a couple draws up their master list of mutually enjoyable activities, there are many surprises. Some activities that neither have ever experienced before. They simply sounded like they might be enjoyable. Other surprises are activities that the couple didn't realize were mutually enjoyable. They both thought the other disliked doing them. But there's another surprise that couples often face, finding that something they are already doing together is unpleasant to one of them. What do you do with that activity? Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m., on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user 
Or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.